Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. And welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. Hello and welcome back to the show. Today I wanted to share a conversation that I had with a mom recently. And we were talking about natural consequences. And this is a topic that is very confusing to parents sometimes natural or logical consequences. It's very confusing and parents don't really fully understand them all the time. And so what I explained to her, this was in the case of needing to get out the door and complete an errand that the child didn't necessarily want to do, but it had to be done. And this particular errand took, it was an ongoing thing that they had to do, and it was always a battle and always a struggle. And so she was at her wit's end, and she didn't know what to do with her child, her daughter, because she knew that as soon as it was known that they had to do this errand, that the daughter was going to resist and struggle, and it was going to be a battle. And so she was looking for some kind of guidance or support. And so what I, what she and I came up with together was to explain to the child that they had to take care of this errand and that they could do it quickly and get it done fast, which would leave time for them to do something fun like stop at the park or the playground on the way home. Or they could take forever, they could argue about it, and then they wouldn't have any time to stop at the playground or do anything fun afterwards because they would use up all their time on the errand. And her daughter at this point is eight years old. And so this is a way where we allow our children to make a decision and then feel the natural consequences that come out of the decision. So the natural natural consequences can be good. They can be something we want, positive, or they can be negative, something we don't want. For example, if we study hard for a test and we get an A, that's a natural consequence, a positive natural consequence. If we drive too fast and we get a speeding ticket, that's a negative consequence, something we would want to avoid. And so when this mom is now going to talk with her daughter about this errand that they have to do, 
and how if they get it done quickly, there will be time afterwards to stop at the playground on the way home. That, if she makes that choice, that's going to be a positive consequence that she's going to enjoy and appreciate. If, however, she struggles and resists and doesn't want to put her shoes on and makes a big fuss over every step along the way, it's going to take three times as long, they're going to run out of time, and they're going to have to come straight home afterwards. This would be a consequence that her daughter is not going to be happy about and not going to enjoy because she loves to play at the playground. So parents often want to try sticker charts and reward charts and and stuff like that. And while I think that these things can work, and believe me, I tried them all myself when my especially when my son and daughter were young. And they worked for a couple days or a week or something, and then they were done. The novelty wore off. They weren't interested. I got busy one day and forgot it, and then boom, it was over. So I tried every sticker chart there was, and they all failed miserably. And I thought it was because of something I was doing, because I wasn't doing the right thing. I was messing up. I wasn't good at it, or my kids don't know how to handle these things. But what I came to understand later is that sticker charts just don't work. They don't work in the long term because you're not actually, you're not actually including the right ingredients to get the outcome that you're looking for, which is cooperation. Well, in most, in many cases, cooperation on whatever the issue is. And so when you with a young child, this works very well. And it can also work with an older child, too. My with my teenage son, what we do with his cell phone is because he's getting older and he's he's in eleventh grade at this point. When he first got his cell phone, we let him know that we would be checking it regularly. So for a few weeks or however long it went on, I checked his phone every day, and I said I'll be looking at your text messages. I'll be looking at your apps, I'll be looking at what you're looking up on your phone. I'm going to be looking at all of it because I need to make sure that you're making good choices. And then, you know, he would say a curse word or something and then we'd have a conversation about it. Or he would, you know, not respond to a friend in a kind way and we would have a conversation about it. And now that he's older, you know, it went from checking his phone every day to checking it once a week to checking it every few weeks. And now he's at a point where we let him know we'll respect his wish, his desire for privacy because at his age, it's natural to want privacy. Part of becoming an older teen is attempting to begin that breaking away process from their parents so they can become uh, independent adults. So it's important to give him privacy because that's developmentally appropriate, but yet we don't want to give him so much privacy that he could be doing all sorts of things that would be not good for him, making choices that are not good and then we don't know about it. So what we have said to him is the natural consequence in this case is if you're conducting yourself in a way that shows us that you have earned the trust to have your privacy, then we will respect it. If we see on the outside that you're doing well, if you're if you seem happy, if you're doing well in school, if you're, you know, involved with your friends, 
if you're playing your sport, if you're working at your job, if the external factors seem to be showing a well-balanced, um, healthy, integrated child, young person, then we'll respect that privacy. But if something starts showing us a red flag, if you're suddenly not hanging around with your friends or your friends change or you have these new questionable friends or you're suddenly dropping off and doing poorly in school differently than you used to be or you get fired from your job or you're oversleeping for school or you know whatever anything that sends up a red flag for us then we will reserve the right to get his phone on the spot with no notice and look through it. And so he's got the opportunity to make choices and face the natural consequences that come out of those choices. He makes good choices, he earns privacy. He makes poor choices, he's going to lose his privacy and trust in from us. And so this is something that can go all through our child's life. This concept of natural consequences. We all have choices to make. We all have to make a million choices in a given day. And all of us face the consequences of what we do. Now, I discourage parents from using video games, screen time, social media, all that kind of stuff as a, as a leverage, leverage tool. These things are so precious to, to kids these days, to young people. <laughs> and to adults, I might add. Our phones are just as precious to us as they are to our kids. But if our, ch- if our child gets a poor grade at school or talks back or doesn't clean their room and we take the phone away, that has nothing to do with what they did. It, it has nothing to do with it. And so it would be akin to if we... Uh, I don't know if we got a speeding ticket and we come home and our spouse is going to take away our phone because we were speeding. It has nothing to do with it and it's preposterous to even think that way. And so it's very important at every step along the way to try to figure out what the natural byproduct result or consequence is from the choice that they made, be it good or bad and positive or negative. And just allow that consequence to play out. Furthermore, when we allow the natural consequence to play out, if it's not an unnatural consequence, like we're saying, oh, you didn't clean your room, I'm taking your phone. That has nothing to do with it. And it pits us against our child. Now we're on opposite sides and we're banging heads and we're arguing and we're locked in a power struggle. They didn't do what we wanted. We took their phone. They didn't do what we wanted, so we took what they like. That's a that's a tempting thing for parents to do, to go for the jugular, that thing that matters the most to our child. We take the Xbox controller, we take the phone, whatever. And then we're automatically on opposing sides. A better choice is to allow the natural consequences to unfold. Let's say the child, the teenager, the young teen, whatever, doesn't, has been told that they have to pick up the Xbox controller and put it back in the cabinet when they're done playing with it. 
So let's say they don't. And someone comes into the dark room and steps on the controller and breaks it. Well, rather than us saying, okay, that's it. I'm taking away the Xbox. Or um, taking away their phone or something like that. And then we're locked in a battle, a power struggle, and we're pitted against each other. We can go with compassion to our child. If our child left that Xbox controller on the floor after we told them not to, they're already suffering because their controller is broken. So they're already suffering and they're probably going to be angry and mad at themselves and mad at whoever stepped on the thing and broke it. They're going to already be feeling the pain and the pressure of the, the poor choice that they made. So what we can do as their parent is we can come in with compassion and we can say to little Johnny, oh, that's really a shame that your controller broke, got broken. It's really a shame that you didn't put it away in the cabinet because you see when you put it in the cabinet, then it's not on the floor to get stepped on. But since you didn't put it in the cabinet, it got stepped on and now it's broken. That's really compassionate. And that's not pitting you against your child. It's putting you on the same side as them. You're still allowing them to feel the pain and the negative consequence of their action and their decision, but you're standing beside them as their, as their support, their guide, their friend, their, their parent. You're not pitted against them in a battle of wills or a power struggle. Now, what you would do following up on that is you sit down and talk about it. Well, how much does an Xbox controller cost to replace? Does your child have the money in their possession to replace the controller? Perhaps they pay for the new controller. Perhaps you split the cost of the new controller. They pay half, you pay half if you want to be really, really kind. But you let them know that this is your kind, your kind response, even though they're the ones who made the mistake. And it's ultimately really their responsibility to replace it. Or if they don't have any money, then you work out different jobs that they can do to earn money from you to save up the money to replace the broken controller. But all along the way, if you treat them in that way, in that spirit, with that energy, you're on their side. You're not in opposition to them. You're still holding firm on the boundaries and the consequences that they knew that the rule was to put their Xbox controller in the cabinet and they didn't do it. And now they're paying the consequences. So you're still holding down, holding the boundaries firm, but you're doing it in a gentle, loving way. And you're helping them figure out the solution to the problem that they just caused themselves. It can be so tempting in that situation and in many like it to come in angry and I told you so. I told you to put that remote in the cabinet and you didn't do it and now it's broken. It's all your fault. It's so tempting to be triggered and reactive and angry and want to rub it in. See, I told you so. I told you to put it away. You didn't. Now you're screwed because it didn't. Not that you would use that language, but now you're paying the price because it didn't. I told you so. But who does that help? 
That's going to make our child angry at us. It's going to make them feel worse about their situation. And we haven't gotten anywhere to figuring out what to do in the future or how to fix it. The worst thing to do would be to do the I told you so and then go out and buy the remote and replace it for them. That would not be something I would recommend because they're the only price, quote unquote, price they're paying or consequence they're facing to their behavior is listening to you shame them and say, I told you so. What is that going to solve? Going to them with compassion and saying, gosh, I, that's really a shame that that happens when you didn't put away that remote. So let's talk about how we can help you fix this situation. That's loving and gentle and kind. And your child's not going to feel angry and resentful towards you. They're going to be upset about the fact that now their controller is broken. But it's not going to be triangulated onto you. They're going to be focused. They're still going to maintain their focus on, darn it, I screwed up. And now I'm in a pickle. But they're going to hear that you're right next to them, willing and ready to help them figure it out. So that is my spiel today on consequences, decisions, how to help our child navigate the mistakes that they make. And I hope that it gives you some really good ideas for your children in your home. And of course, as always, if you ever have any questions or you're not sure about something, just reach out to me. This is what I help parents with all the time. That wraps up today's episode. Wherever you are in this world, I hope that you make it a fabulous day for yourself. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to Aaron at Aaron-Taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.